For the last 22 years, I've been rocking stages, playing in clubs, and having a lot of fun as a DJ and turntablist, and I've seen and learned a lot. Now it's time for me to share that knowledge by answering the questions that can help you become a better DJ. I'm DJ TLM, and this is Share the Knowledge. Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's your boy DJ TLM and you're checking out the Share the Knowledge podcast, episode 48. This is my educational podcast for DJs where I talk about all things DJ related. And today's episode is dedicated to sure needles that is. So maybe later on I'll do a little bit of Q&A because I did receive a couple of dope questions on Instagram. And if you want to ask questions for a future episode, make sure you check me out on Instagram, the handle is DJTLM, or go to Facebook and check out the Share the Knowledge uh, group that I made there. I'll leave links in the description to everything down below, including the website, sharethenowledgepodcast.com, djtlm.com, and of course, my video channel on YouTube, DJ TLM TV, for all DJ-related content. Uh, like I said, all the links in the description box down below. Now, a new episode airs every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Anchor. And like I said, this week I really want to talk about Sure, and that is because they made an announcement on May 1st, so a couple of days ago, which really... Uh, it, it shocked the DJ culture, turntablist culture. Now, let me just read that statement first. For more than 90 years, Sure has been committed to manufacturing and delivering products of the highest quality, reliability, and value. This commitment requires consistency in materials, processes, and testing, as well as the capacity to react to fluctuations in demand. In recent years, the ability to maintain our exacting standards in the phonograph cartridge product category has been challenged, resulting in cost and delivery impacts that are inconsistent with the Sure brand promise. In light of these conditions and after thorough evaluations, we made the difficult decision to discontinue production of Sure Phono products effective summer 2018. Now, of course, this came out on May 1st, 2018. Summer is around the corner. So that really means that if shops have any Sure Phono products now, once they sell out, they're probably not getting any new because there's no more new stuff coming. Now, this shocked a lot of DJs, especially turntablers, because Sure made a couple of different needles, but one of their needles, the M447, is legendary for turntablists. Um, I have a couple right here. This one is actually on a Stanton head shell, but the cartridge is the M447, the needle, the N447. I remember I used to play with a lot of different needles. I started out with mostly Stanton. That was the club standard over here. They all had like the Stanton 500, Stanton 500 Mark II. I was buying those same needles because that is what I saw in the clubs. They worked just fine for DJing. But once I started to get more into my turntablism, I didn't notice that they were not as stable as I wanted them to be. So a lot of times I was like putting coins on top of the head shell to make them heavier because the settings on the turntable were not making it heavy enough. So putting coins on there, and that would add some stability, but it would also cause more wear and tear on your needles, of course, because you were putting a lot of pressure on them. And then at a certain point, this appeared, that Shure M447, and that was a game changer because it was just way more steady than all the needles that I've used before, especially for turntablism, when you're really being pretty violent with your vinyl, moving it back and forth, um, it worked great. 
even now when like young DJs approach me, they tell me that they just bought their first turntable set. They want to know which needles they should use. I always let them know you have a couple of options out there. For me personally, it will be the Shure M447, and I use a couple of different Ortofon needles. So I have my Ortofon Qberts, I have my Ortofon S120s, and I had a couple different ones that I used before that as well. And I really like the way they work, and I love the way that M447 works. So for me, it's always going to be one of those. So that's what I always tell people. Now, for some, it's been M447 since the day they came out and they never looked back. So I can imagine that it really shocked them to find out that this might not be coming back. So if you want to be sure, you might stock up on some right now. I know for a fact I'm getting a couple of the N447, the needles, because I have the cartridges. I have like four or six cartridges, but the needles on most of them are kind of messed up right now. Uh, a couple got destroyed during travel because I didn't have them in the right case. So I'm I'm going to get like a bunch of the N447s now that they're still here. Now, don't be fooled. I've seen people on eBay already putting up crazy prices, but make sure you check out all your local or online audio stores, like legit audio stores, because they're still selling them at normal prices for the most. So don't be fooled and start buying them at crazy prices already. Take a look around first and try to find them at that normal price. But I would not wait too long. I mean, I have to make sure I get them soon because it would be a waste to have all these cartridges and not have the needles for them. Even if it's just for some use later on in life, just to listen to some vinyl, I like them. They're not even the best needles. If you want like the best needles audio-wise, there are different needles. But if you like to cut it up a bit, yeah, it's definitely a dope needle. Now, there's a lot of talk when it comes to this, people being shocked, people making sure they're getting their needles now, but also a lot of people that are getting into the conversation of blaming technology for this to happen. There's probably gonna be a little bit of truth in that because with the advancement of technology, there's always gonna be certain parts of the industries that will be affected. That, that always happens. That just always happens. When people were using horse and carriage and the first car came out, it wasn't an issue yet. But when more people started to get cars, I'm, I can imagine that less horses and carriages were being sold. Same thing with vinyl, not for us DJs, but as a consumer, when you were buying music back in the days, you bought it on cassette or you bought it on vinyl. Now, once the CD came out, for a lot of people, that was a great invention because you didn't have to take a needle off your record anymore. You could just pop in that CD, play it. You could skip tracks without having to change the needle. And, of course, it was a lot smaller. So also for storage, it was a lot easier. So a lot of people stopped using vinyl then and started to use CDs. And that switch went gradually. But, of course, it really hurt the vinyl industry. That will always happen. So the DJs were still buying vinyl. Record companies were still pressing up the promos, making sure we got our 12 inches, putting out albums for us and for collectors. But the majority of like the consumers, they went to CD. Bye-bye vinyl. They did not have enough love to stick with vinyl. And I can imagine. I mean, it's more convenient to have CDs. If you look now, a lot of people aren't buying CDs anymore. Because why should you buy this disc that you have to take care of and watch? Because if you scratch it, it's not working right anymore. So you don't have to. You can stream it 
or you can just download it to your computer, download it to your phone. So that is what will happen when you get new tech developments. Now, I'm not saying that every development automatically makes everything better, but in most cases, it makes things more convenient or it makes sure that it saves you time, whatever it is. If the market agrees and they feel it's better, they're going to switch and that's going to happen. So see, these sales went down like crazy. Vinyl sales went up a bit again, but let's not make any mistakes here and fool ourselves that vinyl is really back. It's not like a majority of consumers is buying vinyl again. It's just that you have a little bit more collectors that like to get vinyl. And you got some more acts that feel that it's not like prestigious to also have your uh, product on vinyl because now it is more special. So a lot of these indie bands are producing on vinyl as well. And um, we have one of the larger vinyl manufacturers here, like pressing plants here in the Netherlands. They're one of the few that's still left and they, they're doing more business now than they did a couple of years ago, but it's not like vinyl is booming or something like that. All right, well, back to the needles. So sure going out, some people are panicking, but let's be real, it's not the end. If you still need needles, you can still get needles. So even if you can't find any more M447, and yes, that would mean that you would have to switch. There are other needles you can use. And even if you want to use that M47 and you can't do it anymore, you'll get used to your new needles as well. So let's not act like it's the end of the world. Because, for instance, Ortofon makes a lot of good needles. They're producing new needles still. They just released a couple of new ones recently. Um, so they're still going strong. Now, what people do need to realize is... You can blame tech, and like I said, tech can play a part because, yes, less vinyl has been sold for years, so the demand for needles has become less and less. Um, but for sure, needles and phono products are just a small part of what they do. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think that that part of their production has not been a priority for a long time. And I'm just judging by the way I see them promote on social media now of course that's i don't have numbers but if you look at sure's instagram page you'll see hundreds and hundreds of photos of microphones handheld microphones studio microphones lavalier microphones microphones for cameras and they have great microphones i use a lot of sure mics as well um, then you see a couple of photos of some sure headphones I scrolled and scrolled, but I had yet to find a single photo of one of their needles. No M447 in sight anywhere. And I've talked to people online as well who told me they even sent like photos from DMC, DMC contests where you saw the Shure needles to Shure or tagged them or something like that. No response, no reaction. That tells me that it's not one of their priorities. They haven't put in any effort to bring some light to those products. That tells you something. If you compare it to a company that is all about needles, like Ortofon, and this is not a sponsored um, uh, podcast, uh, not sponsored by Ortofon that I'm bringing them up, but I use Ortofon, I use Sure. 
Ortofon on Instagram posts all the time. They post needles because needles is all they produce. That's their product. But they're posting all the time. When DJs post their product, they repost it on their page. They make product videos where they let turntablers do routines with their needles. They're out there. They're actively promoting that product. Sure did not do that with the M447. That makes a difference. I've talked to people who talk to distributors in this country that sell sure for sure that didn't even know the M447 until they were sent a link like, yeah, you actually have this needle. That means that it's not a priority for this brand. So that also plays a part in why they discontinue it. All brands at a certain point restructure and they look at their cost and where they make their money. They make their money from selling microphones and maybe a couple of headphones and their phono department was just a small part of it. So when you're re or you're changing uh, the company structure and you want to cut some costs, that's probably one of the first places you're going to look. I think it will have more to do with that than the actual story that they're giving us here. It sounds great. Like they want to make sure that they're consistent with their quality. And I understand they want to be consistent with their quality, but they don't want to spend money on the needles anymore. That's my guess. If you look at real needle brands, they're out there actively promoting. That's why I feel Ortofon will do just fine. I mean, the needle business is not what it was, but they're still going. They're still producing new stuff. And if Sure now stops and you still want needles, you can go there too, and they'll continue to deliver. Now, the reason I do want to talk about this more is I saw a lot of posts that were just talking about the whole tech thing. And... Um, Rob Swift, who I truly respect, uh, Rob Swift, Brolic Arm, one of the executioners, X-Men, like legends in the turntablist game, um, a lot of history, a lot of legacy. The executioners, together with the Scratch Pickles, were definitely the reason why turntablism here in the Netherlands really got a boost. You had turntablists, but once we saw Invisible Scratch Pickles and we saw Mixmaster Mike and Cubert, and once we got more footage over here, video footage, and we were actually seeing the X-Men, Sinister, Rob Swift, uh, Rock Raider, rest in peace, we were seeing them, that really was like a, a extra boost for turntablism here. And Rob Swift is one of those DJs out there always sharing the knowledge. He's teaching a lot of people how to DJ, always talking about the DJ culture and sharing a lot of history, also a lot of history that would have been basically impossible for people outside of the U.S., to really get unless you lived it, we were not there. So he's always sharing stories like, even with turntablists, what their inspiration was. And he names DJs that sometimes I never heard of. And then that DJ turns out to be like the main inspiration for DJs that I do know. Or he talks about DJs that they scratches on some legendary tracks, but they were never credited. Or sometimes they were actually like ghost scratches where other DJs did the scratches, but this is the DJ who actually did it. And I saw some of those posts and that just blew me away. So he has dope info. Um, and he's never shy to share his opinion. He has a pretty strong opinion when it comes to DJ culture, the art of DJing, um, the preservation of the culture, and also when it comes to DJ tech. So in this case, when that Sure announcement came out, he also definitely had something he wanted to share, um, which I feel is pretty interesting. So I want to share that first and then get into it a little bit. So here's Rob Swift's opinion when it comes to Sure's announcement. 
Speaking truth to power has a price. The truth can be very unpopular with people you consider friends, and so I'm ready for whatever backlash this post may bring, for I refuse to put up with what I feel is destroying DJ culture out of fear. Try and marginalize me all you want, God got me. I will not lose any sleep over looking bad or being judged by my colleagues and contemporaries. If anything, after this post, I'll go to sleep with a squeaky queen conscience tonight, uh, as I know where my loyalty stands with regards to DJing. The most effective way to destroy your God-given body is you introduce it to a virus, a germ that multiplies and hijacks its hosts and spreads. Lung cancer, for example, isn't something you randomly pick up somewhere. For lung cancer to develop, it needs a host. You first, So first you must introduce something like cigarette smoke into your body, and then your body creates the lung cancer from within. With this morning's news that Sure has made the difficult decision to discontinue production of Sure Phono products effective summer 2018, one can only conclude recent DJ technology is that virus and DJ culture is that virus's host. DJ art, as I've come to know it in the last 33 years of my life, is on the brink of extinction and DJs are to blame. I don't fault the companies. The companies are being what they are, bacteria. You can't be mad at bacteria for being bacteria. It's the responsibility of the DJs, the host of a DJ culture that's been passed down to them by hip-hop gods like uh, Cool Herc, Africa Bambara, Grandmaster Flash, Grand Wizard Theodore, and Jazzy J., to preserve the heritage of the art those men created. The aforementioned names are all directly responsible for why I've managed to thrive in life, and they're the reason why I've dedicated myself to coveting and protecting true, authentic DJ culture. However, I'm obviously outnumbered, and it feels as though enduring the choices being made by others is affecting me whether I like it or not. It's like secondhand smoke. Exposure to it can still cause lung cancer. I pledge to always do my part and try to beat the cancer, though respect like i said rob swift always shares his opinion he has a pretty strong opinion um but i do feel a couple of things in here he considers to be truth and i consider to be uh opinion i definitely not don't agree with everything in here and i don't have to so first of all you can only conclude that recent dj technology is the reason why sure is uh discontinuing their phono products we don't know if that is the case Definitely don't. I definitely don't think it's just recent DJ or recent technology. I just feel for the longest, vinyl isn't as uh, big as it was, so less needles are being sold. And if you look at a big company like Sure, this is one of their least uh, earning uh, uh, sections, like the Phono products. So that's the first to go when you restructure a business. So I don't think it's because the Rain 12 is now here and phase is coming. I don't think that is the decision. Now, if I was sure, the company, I would probably even spin it to say that that is the reason, but I don't think so. They're just looking at the numbers. We can't be sure. So I, I don't come to that same conclusion that that is the reason why. But there, there was a thing, and I've seen that with more people who talk about real DJ culture or DJ heritage and what's the real true authentic DJ culture. I had a question. I also asked him that question and I'm asking this to you as well so we can have a conversation in the comment section. What is true authentic DJ culture? Is true authentic DJ culture defined by the equipment that you're using? I asked him the same question, where 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 do you draw the line? And I asked him that question because he uses Serato. 
that's not using real vinyl anymore. You're using DVS, a digital vinyl system, where you're using your computer and uh, playing with control vinyl. And some of the gods, some of the legends, like a Grandmaster Flash or Jazzy J, they're using Serato as well. Is that accepted? And are you then still part of true DJ culture? Because Rob Swift and Sinister, when they go out and perform, they're using Serato. I don't have a problem with that. To me, they're still real as can get. But if you're talking about preserving what they started back then, um, how do you preserve it? Is it also by still using the same equipment? Because if that is the case, then we all need to go back to turntables, that simple mixer with a simple crossfader, none of them fancy crossfaders we got now, none of the mixes we have now, no effects, nothing like that, and real vinyl. Um, and not a lot of vinyl to play because there's less vinyl out here. Even if the companies would produce a little bit more vinyl because more DJs were using real vinyl, um, we would all have to play that way. If we're looking at it from that perspective, like we have to use exactly what they used when they started, uh, that also means that we can't use the Shure M447 because that was not out when this culture was created. They were still using different needles. I'm guessing that's not the case. I'm guessing it's not that. So is it a fact that like DJ culture, the real DJ culture is on the brink of extinction because needles might be going, because more people might go for that needleless turntable or start to use phase? Is that where we draw the line? I wouldn't, but I would like to know if that's the case for a Rob Swift and for some of the other DJs. Is that where we draw the line? Like, look, when we don't have needles on vinyl anymore, then we can't call it like turntablism anymore, if that's the case. I mean, I can understand that's how it started. You put that needle on there. But if you're still applying the same techniques and if your goal still is to create something new from a track, having that track double and creating new patterns, does it matter that it's not using a real needle on vinyl anymore, but you're using something else, but you're still out there being creative, creating new tunes out of something that's already uh, uh, out there, making new music from an existing track, working on new scratches, you name it. Where do we draw the line? And that's, that's just the question I would like to know. I have my opinion. I feel it's definitely not about the equipment that you're using, but what you're doing with that equipment and that's why i will always tell people especially beginning djs use what you want to use use what makes you feel most comfortable i will also always tell them that i feel that learning on turntables is the best way to learn especially if you want to get into turntablism because it gives you a feeling you cannot get from a controller or cdj's non-moving platters but Use what you want to use. Same thing with sync. If people want to use it, use it. But if I was you, I would make sure I know how to beat match by ear just in case sync doesn't work. But use whatever you want to use. I want to read a post that was uh, a comment that was with that same topic. So shout out to JV Form uh, for that comment. It's funny because autom we automatically assume that tech advancements means that it's better. Meanwhile, some of the best art comes from constraints and limitations. 
pause tapes, break beats, etc. All came from a lack of resources and some creativity. The good news is this cycle never ends. New tech slash demand makes everything accessible and saturated as the true innovators like yourself, Rob Swift that is, continue to push towards innovation and the skills behind the equipment. Now that's something I just totally agree with. And to me, that is where the true art of DJing and that culture lies. Just hip hop in general as well. Before they had any equipment, they were banging on the table in the lunchroom or beatboxing because you did not have equipment for beats. Now, do you still see every performance out there having someone beatbox on stage? No, they're using something totally different. That changes. Doesn't mean that you're not trying to preserve culture anymore. Um, the limitations definitely push you towards stuff you couldn't do. I did pause button tapes as well when I wanted to prolong a certain uh, beat that I had on tape. So I, I just dubbed it over and over and made it longer. And I made little pause button uh, skits with turntables as well, putting scratches behind the next one because I didn't have a multi-track recorder or anything like that yet. So to me, it taught me a lot of valuable stuff. So I am very appreciative of the fact I went through that phase because it taught me a lot. That does not mean that we have to expect every new DJ now to go back to some equipment that isn't being used by anyone anymore and learn how to make pause button tapes before they can start using something else to record their mixes on. There's gonna be ways that you can come out and be creative. We, we can give a thousand DJs a set of those Rain 12s and a 72 mixer and give them all the same 100 tracks. The ones that are more creative and more uh, um, willing to try out stuff will come out with something totally different and some others will just remain generic and do simple mixes that's not because of the equipment that equipment can make them do a lot more some will a lot won't i i'm i'm always happy with technology because it allows you to do stuff you couldn't do before and if you're creative you'll come up with new things that just weren't possible at all with the old equipment i've still feel a lot of people view like new technology as ways to cheat and not do the things that DJs before them had to do. Like, oh, now you have sync, so you don't have to beat match by ear. Beat matching is not what makes you a great DJ, man. It's one of the standard things you had to learn. And I mean, I still feel it's important to learn because I think it's a lot of fun to beat match by ear instead of using sync. But Beat matching is not what I look for when I listen to a DJ to hear if he's great. That comes with the song selection and other creative things that DJ does. So um, it's always like that. Oh, um, now your records can't skip anymore because you're using Serato in relative mode. Yeah, of course I want to do that. So that's the thing, man. I mean, we start out at a certain point. If you're an older DJ, you started out with certain equipment and that equipment had its limitations. You had to work within those limitations. And for the creative ones amongst us, that meant that we would come up with ways to still make it work. And that's not just for DJing. I remember when I was making music back in the days, I had an Akai S950 sampler. I still have it, but I'm not using it. But um, that had a very limited sample time. So you couldn't sample long pieces. And you had to get creative with it to make that work. I was using that in combination with, um, I think I was using it with an old version of Cubase. 
you had to be resourceful to make that work. Now, after that, when I got my hands on my first MPC, wow. I mean, that was a game changer to me. Now, I'm very happy that I got to experience that S950 first because that made me appreciate my MPC even more. But that does not mean that I would say everyone has to start with that S950 before you can graduate and use an MPC. Otherwise, you're not real. And nowadays, I use machine because machine has something that the MPC didn't have. I wanted to have the power of that computer and still have that hands-on feel with the pads. And machine for me was the perfect solution. So for me, that was another great step that took away some of the limitations that the MPC still had. Now, yes, limitations will spark creativity in some, but that does not mean that you have to stick with those same limitations when you find newer equipment that brings new options to the table. And for the creative people, we're gonna come up with new ways to use that. That's the same with DJing. I mean, we evolved from one needle to another needle. This wasn't there in the beginning. So we moved on from that because this was better. I had to work with those limitations first from the old needle. And then you get creative and you put coins on it to make it work. Wow, cool. But now I got that one. I don't have to put a coin on top of it anymore. So, of course, I'm going to pick that one because that coin was annoying, too. Sometimes it fell off and it would hit the needle and it would skip. Same thing with Serato with relative mode. I love playing with vinyl, but do I still want to run the risk of record skipping? No, of course I don't. I don't want that to happen because it disrupts my performance. It shocks the crowd. Why would I want that to happen? I'm not sticking with the limitations that you had with vinyl and the turntable when I have the option to do it differently now. I can still play the way I want to play because I prefer turntables, but now I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Same thing with phase and why I feel, yes, it is a game changer. I always love turntables. I still love turntables, but needles are still one of the weak points on that turntable because wear and tear, they break. Sometimes they break right before a show or during a set. I've had that happen, that during a set, all of a sudden you saw that needle just ooh, go straight to the middle because that tip had just like had its day. So all of a sudden you can't continue your performance unless you have extra needles there. Or there's something wrong with the tone arm of that turntable in the, cl uh, turntable in the club. So it's not even up to you. You're using their equipment and something is wrong with the tone arm and now you're not getting the right signal. If a product comes out that can take that part away so I can still have my moving platters because that's what I love about the turntable, that feeling, but I don't have to worry about the limitations of that needle anymore. Yes, I'm all for it. And yes, I feel that is a game changer. And of course, that can affect needle sales in uh, to a certain degree. But from all the people that are still consuming vinyl and buying needles... I don't know if most of those people are really the turntablists and DJs or if more people are actually just vinyl enthusiasts who are buying actual vinyl and will still continue to buy needles because they still need them because they are buying real vinyl. If you're using Serato and you're not even playing with real vinyl anymore and you're already playing in relative mode, what's the big difference? Why would it even matter to still have your needle or not?
That's a question I'm wondering. So that's, again, why I want to know where do you draw the line if we're talking about uh, preserving the DJ culture? When are you not preserving that DJ culture anymore? If you're using a controller, some people act like controllers are the devil. Um, where do we draw the line? That's, to me, an interesting question. I know where I stand. I don't feel that that is what makes um, makes a DJ real or not. But I, I always like to hear other people's opinions as well. And I do feel this is important to mention. You cannot stop development of tech, of how we communicate, of how we consume that will always change. Now, that does not mean you have to just go with every change without putting up a fight or or just agreeing with every change. But you can't hold on to something from the past and expect everyone to go there with you when a lot of people, and especially within the DJ culture, a lot of people seem to really appreciate new technology, including a lot of the best turntablists out there. I know for a fact that within that DJ culture, because if you want to say that DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Scratch Bastards of the world and Crazes of the world, they are definitely part of that DJ culture. I see how they react when they tried Phase, for instance. If they all switch to Phase, are they no longer part of that DJ culture? To me, they are. But it's interesting. Let's talk about that, yo. Drop your opinion in the comment section. Join the conversation. For the modern day DJ, producer or musician, it's more important than ever to make sure you have an online presence. And having your own website is key. Bazooko makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. You can choose from hundreds of mobile friendly themes and then customize your design and content in a few clicks with Bazooko's easy visual editor. Now, All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including tools to sell your music and merch commission free, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, and integration to pull in content from all your online services, including Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. I use Bazooko to create the Share the Knowledge podcast website and that was very easy. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 a month and include your own free custom domain name. Now, if you want to try it out for free for 30 days, click on the link in the description box down below and be sure to use the promo code SHARE to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. I do want to get into a couple of questions, so do a little bit of quick Q&A and let me open up the topic because every week I will go on Instagram and let you know that I'm about to record a podcast and ask you for some questions. Do you have any needle suggestions? Uh, sure, shut down this popular model. I'm still on Staten 500. Any tips? Well, if Staten 500 is working for you, why would you want to switch? You can continue to use that. Otherwise, look at Ortofon. Uh, another question was, is iTunes good for downloading music for DJing? Um, yeah, sure, you can get music there and use it for DJing, but if you want to have a consistent source for music, I would definitely look at a DJ pool as well, because if you join a DJ pool, you pay your monthly subscription, you have access to everything they have uh, on file, and they'll have a lot of music there. And if there's a song out that you want that's not available at your DJ pool, then you can go and check out iTunes or other places and buy that song 
but you don't have to go buy everything individually on iTunes if you join the DJ pool because probably they'll have a lot of songs that you're looking for. Make sure you do check if the DJ pool has a lot of the music you're into because DJ pools do offer uh, different music. Most of the DJ pools will have multiple genres, but some will be more specialized in this genre or that genre. But DJ pools, definitely a good place to look. TLM, you originally from the Netherlands. Yes, I am. And that's why I still live. That's why I am right now. Netherlands, Amsterdam, Netherlands, Europe. Question, how do you store your needles and vinyl at home? Do you leave everything set up or do you store your needles and put your vinyl back in the sleeves? If needles are on my turntable, they are still on the turntable. So I don't have to take them off. They're perfectly safe here. Um, vinyl, like my Serato vinyl, if that's on top of the turntable, I'll leave that on. Right now, I just took it off, took it off because I'm leaning on and I don't want to have my arms uh, on top of that vinyl because I mean I might use for instance like lotion and if you get that on the vinyl that's just gonna stay on the vinyl so uh, I took it off now and it's in the sleeve when I travel I have special cases for my needles but when we're talking about at home uh, I don't have to take everything down the needles are perfectly safe on the turntables and normally the vinyl can stay on there as well all right, someone wants me to talk about DDJ-1000. I actually posted a picture on Saturday. I finally have it here, so I'll be testing that thoroughly and dropping a review soon. I know it's been out for a while, but I wanted to really test it, and there's definitely a bunch of people who want to hear what I have to say about it. So you can expect that in the coming weeks. So it's here right now. So I want to get into one more question in this podcast right now. And that question is, are DJs booked for their skills or followers? Now, this falls perfectly in line with what we were talking about. And that is change. Of course, this was about DJ tech, but how you can't really stop change. Things will always change, not just technology wise, but also how we communicate, how we consume and also how artists are being judged. And same thing happens with DJs. We are not being judged the same way a DJ was judged like years ago. It used to be about skill. If you were a DJ or MC, they were checking for your skills. Does that MC have that flow, that content? Can he deliver on stage? Can he freestyle he or she? Uh, same thing with a DJ. Do they have that good collection? Are they creative? Can they cut it up? Uh, stuff like that. Things do change and the market changes. So people judge things differently now. But let's get into this uh, story that relates to the question. I have a new question. Even if the obvious answer to my question in the title is both, do you reckon one is more important than the other? So are DJs being booked for their skills or their followers? I see a lot of DJs here in Paris, especially in my scene, the tropical open format scene. So salsa, cumbia, reggaeton, tropical bass, dancehall, mumba, baie funk, who don't really bother mixing and barely have any DJ skills, but keep being booked because they have quite a few followers due to their networking skills. On the other hand, I feel like I'm being underrated, even though I put a lot of emphasis on DJing skills because I don't have as many followers. 
I'd rather spend time practicing, recording mixtapes, and digging for new tracks, but many bookers always put pressure on me, telling me I need to bring enough people to the party, and that stresses me out. It makes me feel as if the only thing they care about, and uh, that's the only thing they care about, and skills did not matter. Should I not give a damn and keep doing my thing, or should I bother more? Is the DJ supposed to pay attention to those things, or are skills and song selection the only thing a DJ should focus on? Like you said, the answer definitely is both. I'm an advocate of people still learning how to DJ and all the aspects of DJing. So really focusing on skills, learning the fundamentals, making sure you master those fundamentals and um, take it from there. But it's just the fact that skills alone don't go a long way at this time. Now, that might change. Every couple years, things do change a bit, and maybe we'll get a renewed appreciation for skills in the future. That could happen. Now, if you're one of those DJs who mastered their skills, then you're ready for that. So I would always make sure to make sure that part is on point. Your skills are there. But with skills alone, you will not make it. It's part of the thing that I really hate about um, the whole scene here as well nowadays that yes a lot of it is just about networking and a lot of these promoters actually really want the dj to be actively pulling in people when that was never the dj's job that's your job as the promoter to promote that party but half of the time they're looking for people who can just uh, bring in people because they have a large following or they can put a lot of people on the list and stuff like that that happens um but networking has always been important. That continues to be important. It's always good to make sure that you know the people, but the people know you. So the promoters know who you are, what you do. Other DJs know who you are, what you do. Um, but yeah, you have to start putting, especially if you want to continue to do a lot of DJing and play at a lot of clubs. That's not my main priority here right now because most of the parties here are not playing what I like to play. Um, and I don't switch my ways just like that. I'm, I don't start playing music because it, it is popular if I'm not really into it. That costs me a lot of gigs, but that's my choice. That's I DJ because I do what I like to do. Um, that means that I'm not just going to change and all of a sudden do all sorts of gigs that I don't like. Then I'd rather play less gigs. But um, if you really want to be active in that DJ scene over there, you have to make sure that you also put in the work uh, to build a fan base, build that brand. It's just important. You have to really put some time and effort in that as well. Because if you can even uh, just make sure that you gain more followers than you have now, so maybe you're not up to the same level as the competitors yet, but at least raise it to get yourself a little bit closer to that, and you have the skills... That can only be a plus. But yeah, it's a fact. You want to make sure that you don't just have your mixes online. You want to make sure that you're pushing them, getting them to the people. If that means that you have to target uh, Facebook ads at certain groups to make sure that they see what you need to want them to see or that you have to search for the hashtags for your genres that you play and have conversations with people online, not just pushing your music, but just being part of that community, being part of the people that love the music that you love to play. And you put in your two cents when you see topics and people can clearly see from what you post that you know 
uh, a little bit or a lot about that music so they come check out who you are and what you do um, and build it from there. So that takes a lot of extra work as well. So now you're not just spending a lot of time practicing and working on your skills. Now you also have to make sure that you're networking and that you're putting in an effort to build your personal brand, to build that brand so people know who you are, build that fan base. Um, that's a lot of work. It just is. That's how it goes, and it can take a lot of time as well. Um, but just being good, it's unfortunate to say, but it's been like that for years now. Just being good just doesn't cut it. But I've seen DJs, and you've probably seen them too. If you look on IG, for instance, you see some people that are out there, and they make sure they post a lot of content of themselves doing the thing. And the right people start to notice. And when I say the right people, people who are into that. So if we're talking turntablism, people start to see that, notice that. And then you are building a little fan base. And that can grow and that can grow so that can work. Uh, but it's not for everyone. Not everyone is into posting a lot of stuff or engaging with a lot of people online. And some people will just say, nah, forget Facebook, forget Instagram. I'm not into all of that. I'm just doing my thing. That's perfectly fine. You need to do what feels right for you. But if you want to make sure that you can actually hang compete with some of these other djs and you can already tell that most of them are being booked because of their popularity not their skills then you're going to have to work on that popularity as well if you're not content with the way things are going now for me like i said i'm not switching my music styles to get more gigs over here because i know that will work if i start to play what they want to hear and i'm not feeling that but I'm content with playing less gigs right now because I found another passion which also falls within that same realm, and that is making a lot of these videos and other content. I'm going to be doing more voice, more written content as well, but all DJ-related. So I'm still spending a lot of my time around this, but just less time in the clubs, but I'm okay with that. And who knows, in a couple of years, people are looking more for what I'm doing and I start to do more gigs again. We'll see. But if you want to do more gigs now, you will have to make sure that you're also really into that side and promote yourself and build that brand. Uh, I'm going to cut the show right here. That's it for this week's episode. That's episode 48 of Share the Knowledge. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, listening, or checking out the video clips on DJTLM TV on YouTube. Uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram and social everywhere. The handle is DJTLM. Um, if you have questions, you know where to reach me also on social and check out the Facebook Share the Knowledge group. Once again, all the links to everything are in the description box down below. I want to send this special shout out to my sponsor, the sponsor of this episode, Banzoogle. And if you're looking to make a new website, you should really check out their service. All right. I'll be back next week. Until then, practice, have a lot of fun, and I'll see you soon.